this week we've got a very special guest with us for our interview. Uh, we've got the owner of the Intersection Cafe, uh, but that's not why we have you here this week, right? Right. We, we're not talking about coffee. We're talking about the fact that you are an attorney and a researcher, and one of the things that you specialize in is right-wing movements. Correct. All right. Uh, Heidi Jones? Yes. Correct? Yes, yeah. that's me. Uh, uh, to, to hear this week to talk about right-wing shitheads. Yeah. And we have a lot of them. A more lot. more than you would might expect in a, a metro area like uh, the West New York, like Buffalo. Yeah, the disproportionate numbers with disproportionate representation in the insurrectionists and uh, more power than they should have. Yeah, I mean, uh, for, I mean, I think people need to uh, maybe remember that this goes back to something. It goes back before this, but a, uh, a big turning point for their power in this area would have been the Paladino for Governor campaign. Correct. Um, where you know the, you know the 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 Ur Trump runs for governor of New York State, um, and that old weasel Mike Caputo shows up, comes back to his roots in West New York to run the Caputo uh, to to run the Paladino campaign. And don't forget that Russ Thompson, right, our yes. our favorite voter fraud um, person, is uh, was Paladino's uh, driver throughout the campaign. Right. So that he's a kind of a protege, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, uh, so I mean, it, it goes back like a little bit before that, as far as like you know, Russ Thompson with the Tea Party New York group, on mm-hmm. uh, and the Watchmen, and you know, and and but like you know, we would talk about this like there are so many people in this area that hold positions of power or did hold power, and definitely positions of influence who are involved in this stuff. I mean, you know. People like State Assemblyman David DiPietro are like low members on this, low-ranking members, essentially, and he's a State Assemblyman. I mean, he's insane and nobody listens to him, but he's still out there advocating for turning New York into three separate states and seceding from the state of New York every single year. He's an Assemblyman. Yes. Uh, It's ridiculous how much much support he has from all these folks and the, the, the deep ties they all have. And I think that's why we don't hear about it in the Buffalo News is because the these right-wing activists, these right, white supremacists, are so heavily connected to powerful people. And so the Buffalo News is um, afraid to criticize Caputo, mm-hmm. afraid to um, really articulate the ties between Caputo and Palladino and uh, Charles Pellian and the whole set of um, activists. Right. So talk about a little bit more about like, well, how, we'll start with Pellian, because now we've talked about on this show, obviously we've talked about Caputo and Paladino, and we've talked about Pete Harding to a certain extent, but Pellian is somebody that we've kind of left out. Okay. So um, Charles Pellian is, says that he has a law enforcement background, which we've not been able to document in any way. He has been, well, he, first of all, he was a, a high school buddy of Caputo's. So they go back and they, you know, so there's photos of them drinking together. And, you know, I would love to see their high school yearbook. If anyone could dig that out. I think it's um, East Aurora, class of 83. They worked together on the Buffalo Bills sale, a moment of sale where Trump was interested in buying the team. And Caputo and Pellian put together this whole AstroTurf campaign to trash John Bon Jovi 
who was also interested in buying the buying the team, Which and is, they were saying that it was very effective. By yeah. the way, like. So they're the reason Bon Jovi will never set foot in Buffalo ever again. Correct. Uh, so yeah. Like extremely, extre- that, that, uh, talk about astroturfing, like that campaign, Bon Jovi was hated in this yeah. area. Right. Yeah. They, they, so they, they found basically to be a f- face and front for their operation, a disabled veteran. Yes. And then they abused that to make everybody hate Bon Jovi in Western New York. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Trump really like, you know, people, uh, forget this or maybe don't know but like trump was never really considered a viable buyer a purchaser of the bills is because he refused to open his books because because why well because because, like generally everybody kind of knows wink wink he doesn't have nearly as much money as he thinks uh, he says he has and and realistically if he ever opened his books up we know how much money he inherited from his father and if he had just bought like index funds he would have a lot more money than a he has now more. because he's such a bad businessman. Yeah. Like who who goes bankrupt with a casino? Like how bad do you have to be to go bankrupt with a casino? Just so, I, that's unfathomable. So I mean so that's why he was never a serious uh candidate to buy the bills. Uh one, he wouldn't open his book so the NFL wouldn't consider him. But two, he he literally just just he doesn't have the money. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have enough money to 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 own the bills. Maybe the bandits he could afford. Yeah. So I, I I'm not a sports ball yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just looking at you blankly. Let's get back on that. So bring it back. All right. So we right, got so Pelion. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I also want to reference a particular rally in Niagara Square on April first, two thousand seventeen. Howard, uh, former sheriff Tim Howard, right. spoke in uniform, and the public. Uh, the weekly newspaper that's mm-hmm. now defunct caught a picture of him with a Confederate flag in the background. Uh, Oath Keepers were there. Three Percenters were there. Um, Palladino spoke. DiPietro spoke. Thompson spoke. So that gives another moment of how connected all these folks are. Mm-hmm. We also have documentation of Palladino speaking, Palladino and um, Howard, speaking at an Oath Keepers rally in Albany, in a couple of years prior to that. Mm-hmm. So these folks have, have deep documented ties to these extremists. And I mean extremists. Right. These are folks who are absolutely against um, civil rights, <laughs> uh, freedom for folks like me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, and obviously, like, you know, you're like, my, somebody might say, well, but Howard's not a sheriff anymore. I mean, yes, he's Wales supervisor, but who cares about Wales? Uh, Palladino didn't win the government, but like, they, and he got kicked off the school board. Right, he got kicked off the school board. But they handpicked their sheriff replacement. Right. Yeah, so like Nothing's Garcia... going to change. It, it has the, these same connections. He's never spoken in front of the Oath Keepers, but like... That we know of. But, yeah, <laughs> we, but like, he's, we, he, we still have these deep roots to these radical reactionary groups. So, all right, so let's, let's talk about January 6th a little bit. Well, I'd like to go... Oh, um, sure. Back up a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, so after the presidential election in 2000, mm-hmm. there were two um, marches, rallies in D.C. that Pellion and the New York Watchmen, the group that he founded, that Caputo got a story placed in the Buffalo News saying how awesome this group was and, you know, that, that they were formed in reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was a very glowing, positive article about a group that is 
insistent that <laughs> Black Lives Matter is is essentially terrorist. And so he's got this essentially a gang, mm-hmm. a bunch of white guys who are frequently armed, um, wandering around protecting, quote, quote, other white people while they do <laughs> um, obnoxious uh, conspiracy riddled kind of things. So they're the police. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, honestly, that's actually a really interesting part of their rhetoric, how it changed from we back the blue to why aren't the cops doing their job as in harassing Black Lives Matter protesters and eventually January 6th where they literally beat cops. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a, a transition within just a couple of months. Right. Just, uh, just as an aside, by the way, following the stuff up in Canada and, and, and watching some of the right wing pages here and there that pop up on my newsfeed. Um, it's, it's really interesting because there has been almost like an anti-police bent in some of these now because they feel as if like they're being persecuted. Now the right-wing groups are being persecuted by by the police. So it's a, it's very funny how the, the script does get flipped. But Yeah, that's a great point. That, that's exactly how it's playing out is that the, the, these extremists are now showing their anti-government um, true colors. Mm-hmm. They're anti-democracy. They're anti-government as it is. You know, they want to abolish the Department of Education. They want to ban abortion. All take away medical care for trans kids. Yep. Let's see Texas. Yeah, right. Terrible. So all of these movements are connected. Uh, all these folks are connected. Right. Um, so the, in the weeks leading up to January sixth, there were two rallies in D.C. Um, the Million MAGA March, and um, then another. That one was in November, another the other was in December, and we have photos of Pellian and other watchmen posing with a group of random Proud Boys, and we saw they had a rally in Niagara Square on December nineteenth, where the Buffalo Proud Boys displayed their new gear. Pellian had posted on one of the one of the chats that he was involved in that there would be a bunch of watchmen in D.C. for January 6th, and that they would be probably dressed as Proud Boys. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, fine, like, everything's normal here. Like not, right, just, normal. Just, Nothing just, to see here. Right, let's <laughs> keep moving along. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, speaking of, like, Niagara Square, like, I th- like with the Watchmen showing up, I, I think of uh, our old friend, Stefan Mahalo, showing up uh, proudly brandishing a firearm. Yes, uh, in, in and he, he bragged about having yeah. a firearm in a public park. Right. Uh, yeah, bragged about it. And I was like... And, and was proud of himself for not having shot anybody. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> this is our county controller. You're supposed to be doing an <laughs> adequate no- job of adding numbers. You're not supposed to be brandishing weapons in, in public parks. Right. And, and Or bragging that, like, I didn't murder anyone. Didn't shoot yeah. anybody. Like, I'm such a good person. Such a good person. Uh, so, uh, and then, so January 6th, obviously, like, you know, I, I maybe I have this right, but, like, if I recall correctly, um, Erie County had the number of arrests for if, if the insurrectionists on January 6th as a, like, number in a county is tied with, like, L.A. County. Correct. Uh, L.A. County with how many millions of people? Right, with, like, 20 million people to the, like, <laughs> just under a million people in Erie County. Correct. Maybe, like, second or third most per in a yeah. county nationwide. Uh, it's tied for fourth with several other counties. Okay, yeah. And uh, Phil Gambina, investigative post, wrote that story. Okay. It's an excellent piece. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, like, so this gets back to, like, you know, I mean, g- 
get into this a little bit for us. Paladino Caputo, who is always a, like at the root of all these things, um, <laughs> but like has such the root ex- of all Western New York evil, but has such excellent press contacts that like Politico is writing this like glowing story about him, about how he, you know, he cured cancer in himself. And, right. Uh, and that, that horrifying um, photograph of him standing in front of one of those butterfly murals on, on Elmwood. Yeah. was just... Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and just on the topic of Caputo real quick, I don't want this to get memory hold because I think it will, but Mike Caputo was a part of the Trump administration. So instrumental, in fact, that at one point he was the head of the COVID response for the Trump administration. Like straight up was in charge of handling the, the when COVID popped up. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't that in that capacity for long. It was like two months before they realized, oh shit, this guy has no idea what he's doing. But I say this, like, he is an important pit figure in the Republican Party, in the machinations of the American right wing in, in 2022. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, he spent all of his time at Health and Human Services basically threatening doctors. Yeah. And and rewriting CDC information. Right. Yeah. To it's, be more favorable for the Right. Because, Trump like, when they were reporting literal numbers of people who died, he's like, well, that's going to make the president look bad, so you can't say that. Yes. But, yeah, like, Caputo is, like... You know, I mean, he's like the the root troll for in all of West New York for all this stuff, and you know, and you you've got obviously you have Paladino, um, who ran on the angry white person ticket for governor of New York. It didn't work then. I don't think it's going to work out for the Legend of Zelda this time, um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, people are mad, mad about bail reform. I suppose uh, some people, not a lot of people, I guess. Flynn, I Flynn's mad. <laughs> Flynn's mad about bail reform. Yeah, well, cops and DAs are mad about bail reform, except for Alvin Bragg. Uh, but other than that, everybody else seems to be pretty upset about it. Uh, but you, yeah, you have. I mean, people forget or maybe don't know again. Like, like Nick Sinatra came out of the the Bush White House. The George W. Bush White House. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's where Nick Sinatra came from. No. Yeah. Oh God. That's all of his money is national Republican money. That that's how he started his his real estate development corporation. Is he tapped into these rich Republican donors that he knew from working in the the George W. Bush White House to get his startup money so he could buy a property in his hometown of West New York. And of course, I'm sure you've covered his relationship with his brother and the India Walton campaign. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let's go back to Caputo and please, his yeah. history. Um, he is, of course, longtime friends and protege of Roger Stone, and he's also good pals and business associates with, with um, Paul Manafort. And of course, he worked for Putin. So we have. He spent a lot of time in Russia. Right? Like this isn't yes. us being like conspiratorially minded. Like I, I promise you, I'm not one of those people during the Trump administration where I was following like the Mueller trial or gave two shits about the Russia stuff. Cause frankly, I just thought that's the price of doing business on some level, but we, we live in a moment now where it's like, okay, of the essence, like Russia has you invaded Ukraine. We do have to examine as much as fucking people like us can examine it. Um, the ties to that thing. So I, I don't, I, I, I say all this to say, the Russia stuff is a little bit more important, I would say, now to, to look at maybe than ever before. Yes, definitely. Because that's how, how we start to understand the first pe- uh, Trump impeachment was specifically about denying aid to Ukraine, essentially at Putin's behest. And Cap- Caputo is deeply tied into all of that, as well as Manafort and the right. others. Yeah, I mean, you can e- even as a nonsense source as Wikipedia, uh, you know, 
Caputo moved to Russia in 1994 after working for the first George Bush president. Uh, and one of his jobs, he lived, he lived there until 2000, and one of his jobs was working for Gazprom, working on rehabilitating the image of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. I mean... Like, we have a bad guy sitting here, <laughs> right? Like, this guy is, is deeply influential in Western New York politics and is also fucking around in international mm-hmm. politics. Yeah. Pretty bad. And creating a war in Ukraine. I mean, yeah. he is one of the causal factors. Yeah. Just well, one, but, you know, of many. Right. Well, it's it, it's because like the your Republican talking point now is that like if Trump was president, uh, this wouldn't have happened. Putin wouldn't have invaded <laughs> Ukraine. Right. And, and Stefan Mihailu posted that specific phrasing. Right. And but like the the way they're saying it is they're trying to uh, imply that Trump is such a tough guy that Putin was afraid of him. But the, what 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 they mean by it and what they're actually saying is. We were already cutting off any support to Ukraine to prevent them from being any kind of threat or perceived threat to Russia. We, we were cutting four, over $400 million a year in aid. We were telling them they couldn't join NATO. We were talking about withdrawing from NATO ourselves, and we were cutting hundreds of millions of dollars a year in aid to NATO. So Russia wouldn't have invaded Ukraine because we were doing literally everything we could to already undermine their sovereignty. Yes. So why would he bother invading somebody who was going to fall apart anyways? Right. But somehow Biden's a weak president because he's standing up to Putin. Right. And saying this isn't okay. And, and, and listener, if you, if you feel we've gone far afield here from our, our own little home, again, like all this, all of this factors into our, our conversation about astroturfing. Goes, astroturfing in general. It goes back to our theory that Buffalo is the center of the universe. Right. Oh, specifically oh, sure specifically right. like the Hellmouth. Like if right, you ever right. seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> yeah. it's the opening. Right, yeah, We're yeah. all like the demons come through here. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Yeah. But, and, and I think the numbers back you up there. I, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, I want to kind of return to just like the premise of, of astroturfing, I guess. Because, all right. Ch- charitable reading. Let's put on our shithead caps or whatever, but charitable reading. People have the right to assemble. They have a right to organize, get together, express their political beliefs and causes, even if they're things that we disagree with or vehemently um, have as objectionable. What is the difference between what we're describing as, as free assembly versus astroturfing? Like, why are we saying that this is, and, and I, I mean, I know why, but I'm asking you as a guest, like, why, why are we saying that this is artificial or it's not organic or like what is i guess what is the root of of us saying that these right-wing movements are astroturfed like is there is there any way like is it the funding is it like the players involved or is it just you know is there something else that we're missing because it does feel like the i guess what i'm trying to get at is it does feel outsized relative to the political will like it it doesn't seem like we have all sorts of fucking oath keepers or three percenters. Like we don't generally tend to come upon them in our daily life so much so that we'd say, yeah, everybody is like super racist all the time, even though our society. Yeah, is dude, we live racist. in Allentown. I, no, <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm from South Buffalo originally. Like I know I, I, I even, even in South Buffalo, like you don't have like, yeah, you have a lot of people you might define whatever pejorative you want to put on them, but I don't view them as extremists is what I'm trying to get at. Like I I don't view your average person in Western New York as extremist. And yet we seem to have like a large propensity of, of protests of groups, like just help me put together why that is like, what, what is it? Okay. So I think, I think you hit it with where's that funding come from. Um, Palladino 
provides actual financial assistance to these groups. For example, on um, New Year's Eve, these groups, uh, New Year's Eve 20, so turning into 2021, he uh, he gave them space to have a New Year's party, of course, in contravention to Erie County Health Department rules. And they televised themselves throwing the white power sign, um, threatening activists by name, calling activists at their New Year's party and threatening them. Paladino is a core funder of this. And because we have these long-term relationships, these folks are just, it's now, it's so deeply part of their lives that they, and they get income from it, that of course they're going to keep doing it. And they draw more people in. The, the, one of the groups that Pete Harding was associated with and was wearing their sweatshirt during the insurrection, uh, the Marching Patriots, were essentially a recruitment group. They're doing family-friendly, quote, patriotic events to draw people in like, oh, yay, we're just supporting Trump. We're supporting, you know, back the blue, whatever. But then they get introduced to the watchman and they're like, oh, maybe I'll buy a, a rifle. Maybe, you know, how maybe I'll get a handgun. So they start to get pulled into this microcosm. And I mean, and this is like we, where we see it in real in action is during the, the forever pandemic, this this, the Parents Against Mass group, right, here in West New York? You know, like- Where we see Pete Harding showing up to school board meetings when he doesn't have kids who are school age. He has one kid who hates him. He is causing trouble out in Clarence, in Orchard Park, creating unsafe environments for school boards. And this is what we talk about as, like, astroturfing. It was like, it's not a generic, like, there, there was probably some people in Clarence because Clarence is a fucked up town, who were like opposed to like the mask mandate, but sure. they did. They were organized and they were spearheaded and they got riled up because you had groups like Pete Har- people like Pete Harding and and, and Robbie De Niro and Robbie De Niro. You know, yeah, we can't and, forget how how yeah. prominent he has become. Right, and the associated groups like that to to get these people and organize them and and kind of focus their energy. Like cuz like if you're on the school board in Clarence and there's like seven angry parents who show up, but they're not all organized together, so they're not like one cohesive unit, you can kind of ignore seven random people. If they're all organized together and this is what they do and this is what gets back to like what Rhee was saying is how like it, their voice seems to be outsized compared to like how many people there actually are is that they are pretty good at organizing and making it seem like there's a bunch of them when like you, know, you don't run into them all the time. If you look at national polls, like the, the stuff that they're advocating for polls in like the 20s, mm-hmm. but they make it sound like everybody does this. And, if, and, it, and, it, and the media is focusing on them as if it's a it's a truly equal proportion, right. at, you know. Indulging in their, in their both well, sides. Of them. I mean, this gets back to when we had Dave Weigel on, yep. and we talk, we talked to Dave, and he was like, one of the things too is like not only do like the media pay more attention to like like it's proportionate, but people on the right wing are convinced that everybody actually supports them. Yes. Whereas like people on the yes. left wing are always convinced that like nobody supports it. Like, so like, why could, why, why should we cancel student loan debt when nobody supports us? And you're like, it pulls in the seventies shitheads. Like you guys, you're like, what yes. the fuck? Like clearly like, or like, well, we can't, we, we couldn't, we couldn't do nationalized healthcare. Nobody, nobody wants it. Like no, literally, everybody li- wants it. Literally everybody, everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. And Republican people with, 
good health insurance. They right. want it. Yeah. And Republicans are like, oh, everybody wants to have zero immigrants in this country. And they're like, no, that's that's literally not true. true. That's that poll that's underwater. That polling is underwater. Uh, but they can they're convinced like that's just a conspiracy against them and that those numbers aren't real. <laughs> Go ahead. Reed. No, no, I was just gonna say like no that you you guys hit the nail on the head there. Like that's really the heart of what I'm trying to get at because look, I think there's a non-zero number of listeners who are gonna think like maybe fall prey to that both sidesism. That's really what I'm trying to sort of hit at. That again, you would see in in many people's minds, you see, well, all right, the, there's the Black Lives Matter protest, and there's you know these whatever protests, and then there's these right wing protests. What's wrong with that? You know, it, this is America. You can do both. That is not what's happening. Like that's not. It's not like okay, we we have your side like doing your little thing. You have your side doing your little thing. It's it's actually being very much funded by a hardcore right wing white nationalist movement that is you know pumping money into again outsize influence and ultimately like having a larger hold over uh, i mean american politics buffalo politics whatever um mm -hmm. having like a outsize influence relative to their numbers but their money they're because extremely because they, well so they, they have so much money cuz they have so much money, money. right, right. And, and so they have so much money, which gives them access to a lot of media. And in the national sense, obviously, they have Fox News, which they always have access to. Um, in the local sense, you know, like... Bob McCarthy carrying water for Caputo every right. day. Yeah, constantly. And and, and, and Paladino, you know, and, mm -hmm. and feeling that he has to carry water for them because they're both like... like they're uh, powerful. Well, and very wealthy. Well, there's well, that. There's, there's that. But then also with Bob McCarthy, because he's got like his own brain worm. Those guys are Catholics who are vehemently anti-choice, which Bob McCarthy is a Catholic who's vehemently anti-choice. So he has to agree with them on everything as far as he's concerned. My my God, I mean, we're talking about right wing movements. How could we forget the anti abortion movement in this in this right, city? Right. Like my God, like we, that's probably um, the elephant in the room. Do you um do you know about Nancy Orticelli? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. So she's, she is, um, she's really a tremendous organizer, a great speaker. Um, she is the president of the constitutional coalition of, of New York state. And that's one of these core groups of the array of groups involved promoting these conspiracy theories, all the, um, and creating events. So uh, she has been, um, a key anti-abortion person in Western New York her whole life. Her dad um, the founded the church that she's that her mom is now pastor of. He's he's passed away. He was one of those critical parts of the Operation Rescue movement here in Western New York that resulted in somebody dying, in a doctor dying. Slepian, Slepian, Thank you for no, no uh, and, proper historical context. No, because we don't want like and and the Barnett Slepian murder is a thing that again I fear will be memory hold. Um, and it was so yes. it was like. My God, it was such a huge event here in Western New York and nationally um, because it was really like, I don't know, it was a lightning rod of mm -hmm. the abortion uh, debate movement, what have you, of the 1990s. And I, I think that was like a point nationally where people said, my God, these anti-choice people are really, they're extremists and it, it is a real problem. And I think they're very much the same groups at the heart of this are the same they are the they same are. pipeline literally the same people right right, right. nancy Ordertelli has been involved in this she's uh she's just a couple of year, years younger than i am and she's been doing this her whole life 
She has been, you know, she was brought up in this framework. She was going to anti-abortion protests as a child. And, of course, her dad was really a major figure in that. Mm. Um, he founded a church in Elma called um, My Father's House. Mm. And she's the youth, a youth pastor there. And her mom is currently the pastor. Right. And after the Slepian murder, like, these organizations kind of got pushed down because, like, people, like the general consensus was like, well, you guys are crazy extremists, and uh, they got they got pushed down. And then, you know, during the uh, Clinton administration, a lot of these national right wing organizations got pushed down a little bit. Um, they started to get a little bit of life towards the end of George W. Bush in response, like not immediate response to nine eleven, because you had even George W. Bush saying like, "This isn't about Muslims; like, they're our friends." So that, like he didn't fan the flames immediately. He eventually did, um, but you know he he was still following like some of his father's lead on like the million points of light, and we should all be nonprofits, which was just a way of the getting, passionate conservatism, right? Yeah, but which was just actually a roundabout way of getting money into churches' hands that Correct. were nonprofits. Um, but like you know, obviously, once uh, Obama wins, white people go crazy in this country. Yes. Uh, and go insane. Absolutely and, and, go and, insane. And, and everything pops right back up to the top. Yeah. And you have people, you know, like, you know, like Russ Thompson starting the Tea Party West New York and or Tea Party New York. And people like Dave DiPietro, who was the do-nothing mayor of the village of East Aurora, now is like a do-nothing assemblyman, except like people listen to him and he's got like $200,000 in his campaign account that he spreads around to these organizations you know uh we did well nancy and her husband nick um were at a fundraiser or were um nick was part of the watchman security crew for a fundraiser for di pietro in in the fall yeah and uh that's where the watchmen displayed their new uniforms this time button downs instead of hoodies so they're professionalizing they're all tied together that is yeah. my point is yeah. Nick and Nancy are buddies with Robbie De Niro and uh, Di Pietro. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, and Russ Thompson. And Russ, and Russ Thompson. And, and, and Nick works for Palladino. Right. And, and, and so, and, and, then, and then, you know, Di Pietro has a, has a strong connection, a strong tie to Caputo, who's from East Aurora, which is where Di Pietro was the mayor of. And, you know, and. Did he go to high school with them too? Probably. I mean, he's around that age. Somebody needs to, you know, some East Aurora historian needs to yeah. be connecting these dots for yeah. me, please. Um, <laughs> He's someone who went to high school with all these people, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of influential people in this area come out of East Aurora. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. Miller Fillmore. Yes. <laughs> uh, That's going way back. <laughs> uh, so disproportionate, powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about like these local people. Like, we talk about like. You know the the three developers in in Buffalo, the the the, the three big Republican don, uh, developers here, um, and they're able to get anything they want in the Buffalo News. But Caputo, especially with his ties to as being like a Roger Stone protege, has these same connections, except like nationally, where he can get like pretty much anything he wants placed in the media. And what we end up seeing is shitheads like Stefan Mahailu end up on Tucker Carlson and get some sort of national stage. Yeah, like and defending Trump's approach to giving Putin all he wants and then calling Biden weak because Biden says, I think democracy might be a good thing. Right. <laughs> right. Well, so that's so like, right. Um, Republicans like the, well, the main talking point that they have right now is that the Russian in, invasion of Ukraine wouldn't have happened if Trump was president. And the, but the, yes. the way they imply that is, is that like, I don't know that 
Putin was somehow afraid of Trump, Trump. which is nonsense. Um, really, what why they're saying that is because what they know is is Trump had was withholding all financial military support from Ukraine and was threatening to withdraw from NATO and withholding financial and military support from NATO. So he he was weakening Ukraine to the point where they were a Mm non-entity. And that's why Putin wouldn't invade because Ukraine basically was like, it would be like, it would be like if Erie County was like, Marilla wants to secede, we better invade. Like, we don't care. Like, whatever, go ahead. Join Wyoming County. Um, you're, you're nothing. Your taxes are going up. Right. Your, tax, <laughs> your taxes are going up and you mean nothing to us. Uh, instead, like, you know, Ukraine, which has its own sovereignty, was like, well, we're, you know, we're, we want to be allied with the West. We would like to be allied with the United States. We'd like to join NATO. We want to be part of the EU. These are things that we want for our country. And as a sovereign nation, we should be able to decide what we want. And Russia was saying, no, they shouldn't. And Trump was like, oh, whatever you say, Putin. Mm-hmm. And of course, don't forget, that's key Manafort territory. Mm-hmm. Manafort and Caputo are buddies. Caputo worked for Putin. There's all, and again, we see Stefan Mihailu who is a Caputo lackey, speaking on on Tucker Carlson as if he's an authority on this stuff. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, because all the foreign affairs work that the Erie County Controller does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, Stefan Mahailu, what we do know about Stefan Mahailu, he is somebody who's very much entrenched in, like, out weirdly outsized relative to his influence as Erie County fucking comptroller at one point. Yes, he was a, a local news person. You don't see local news people generally go regularly on Tucker, Tucker Carlson. Right. You don't see them on cable right. news. Scott all Levin time. isn't. And right. Scott right. is a lot more credible. When, when was the last time <laughs> Lynn Dixon was on the right. na- national news like as a talking right. head? Right. Yes. So it, it is weird that Stefan Mahailu regularly gets to be on Tucker Carlson, gets to like you know, spout a lot of his bullshit, um, gets to carry water for Vladimir Putin or, or, or Donald Trump. And, you know, yeah, I'll I'll say he's carrying water for Donald Trump. Yeah. That he may not fully understand what he's doing. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, he did say like uh, on Tucker, like, you know, Putin should like burn in hell. Right, yeah. like, uh, but that was one tiny, very uh, tiny piece well, of that whole. Clip. Right, right. Like he is. I mean, he is Ukrainian too, so it would make sense that he would be upset about this. Like just charitably, right? He is right. Ukraine of yeah. Ukrainian background, very much so. So, got to give that to him. But right, I mean, it. You know, it also took him like three or four days before he said anything, and he didn't actually say anything until the morning before he was going on Tucker to like complain. Like for somebody, yeah. for somebody who. Every single fucking day of for like the last eight years, he's told you he's Ukrainian on Twitter. He didn't say anything after the Russian invasion yes. until he was going on Tucker. And I think that's an incredibly important point is he's not actually there to support Ukrainians. He's there to spout the Trump talking point. Well, somebody DM me on, on Twitter this week and they were like, where is like, why is Stefan not saying anything? It's been like three days since the invasion. And I was like, maybe he took his pistol permit to the front lines. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the ghost of Kiev. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Well, uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. Again, I, I'm not going to like, 
And, and, and to your point, Jim, like, yeah, he's been posting every day, like, I'm Ukrainian. And then the one time, like, you, not the one time, but, like, the biggest moment that Ukraine has been in the spotlight in our lifetimes, probably, he's, like, uh, radio silent. For, right, for right. Like, bit. I mean, Correct. The, like, you know, the invasion of Ukraine happens. And, like, on the Buffalo subreddit, there's, like, some shitheads, like, where can I buy a Ukraine flag because I want to support Ukraine? And the area's number one Ukrainian is, like, is radio silent for three days. Like it took him, it took him seventy two hours to figure out what, how he felt about it. And Mark Polnikov shows up to a fundraiser for the at Ukrainian Center, and Stefan didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, just saying, it's weird. That's all. I, yeah. It, I whatever. I I just think it it is vastly strange that this guy gets to go on Fox News and why why yeah, why because Caputo. Right, right. Computer places things. Right, but I I, and I think like for for the listeners again, like it's so easy to sound like even listening to a lot of the stuff, it's so easy to end up sounding conspiratorially minded. You know, I I I fear sometimes that like the people on the quote unquote left wing or like progressive side, there's the pitfall of falling into like the George Soros trap that a lot of these right wing people fall into. Where you're like, follow the money, like it's all being funded by blah 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 blah, and so you sound. You sound a little bit nutty sometimes um, doing that too Are much. Are you calling me nutty? I'm calling myself nutty because <laughs> we keep track of it too. We, we talk about, we, we yell about the news every week and part of it is the power players and mm-hmm. brokers. So it, it's really easy to like kind of lose your mind about this. But at the same time, you have to use your logic and you're like, well, how does a guy like Stefan Mahalo get to be on Tucker right. Carlson? How does Mike Caputo get to be in the Donald Trump administration? How, like, how do we have all these movements that just organically pop up around here. Right. Um, it, it is tied to your point, Heidi, it's very much tied to the money. There is a vast right wing network of funding uh, being dedicated towards, towards hate movements, towards um, a lot of this organizing. It's, yeah. you know, I, mean, I will say to, I, I think to our credit is like, we only talk about funding when we can show the receipts. Right. We're not, we're not, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't just like, you, you've never heard me say like, well, the, you know, the, the Akron school board is being funded by Sheldon Adelson. Like that's crazy talk. <laughs> like that would be absolutely insane. Um, but like, you know, we could say like, okay, well the Orticellis are giving money to Dave DiPietro, which we can point to where they've both reported it in his campaign finance filings, even though he doesn't do them on time. He doesn't want to feels like, uh, and then like, and then we like, and then this is what they spent the money on, and and they're funneling like their money. Like, so is it is it are they directly fund? Like, do the Orticellis know definitely that uh, that you know giving their money to DiPietro is going to then turn around and give it to Pete Harding, who he's going to pay for some sort of nonsense like uh, fee? No, you know, like you can't say that. Oh, Nick Nort- Orticelli would be mad. Right, if Pete was profiting off of right like, off like, of anything that Nick was doing. You can't say that, but all that money is going into one pool, and then he's diverting the pool into other right. things. And, and, and to be fair, um, I actually haven't seen in that particular example that the uh, DPH was given any money to Harding. Right. He has to De Niro. Okay, he has actually given money to Robbie De Niro. I don't think that we would have any public knowledge of any money going to Harding. Well, I mean, you'd like, be, I'm trying to think of you'd, you'd be surprised how stupid they are when they fill out their campaign finance reforms and what they say <laughs> on there. Uh, you know, like what, like, and because they're like, oh, well, this is for consulting or whatever, yeah. and like, and they pay it to to somebody. You know, I I brought up a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about campaign finance filing that like 
like five years ago when the Republicans unexpectedly, unexpectedly held the state Senate uh, and Mike Razoffer was still a state senator, his staff who did the campaign finance filing, uh, they paid for hotel rooms for uh, the inauguration in Albany for his staff and they reported the cost as YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. So, I mean... I am grateful for your your service. You'd, you'd be surprised how dumb they are when they put stuff in there. So, uh, talking about like where the future, where these people are going. Um, I mean, some of them are going to get into a truck and drive to DC soon, right? That's what they say. <laughs> they have certainly grifted enough um, supplies and cash, yeah, to make a trip to DC. Yeah, um, although you know, I did see like right now there's like forty trucks committed to going. There's something like. Tractor trailers are something like two million in the United States, and like forty of them are committed to doing this <laughs> this convoy. Yeah, they, um, of course, the folks in California have already started their convoy trip, and right. it's like diminished down to like eight trucks. Oh no, and SUVs. Yeah, <laughs> and SUVs. And they're stopping at ghost towns. So, what should we do to be like vigilant or or to like look out for like where these things are coming from? Are there like, any websites or people we can follow? Oh, um, in terms of people to follow, uh, Buffalo Pundit, of course, writes some fantastic stuff. Um, I hope I, I hope my feed is interesting. Yep. I'm yeah. Jam and Turtle, J-A-M-N-T-U-R-T-L on Twitter. Um, my name comes up, too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, like, I, I think um, Rob Galbraith locally does a pretty oh, good absolutely. job. absolutely. Uh, because he ties the money together pretty well. Yeah. He has a, I, I get jealous of Rob's uh, ability to commit so much time to this, but it's actually his paid job. Right. And I do this for fun. Yeah. It's been my <laughs> hobby. Like what? <laughs> I, well, look, I mean, my hobby is looking at campaign finance filings and, and right. so uh, like, and then that's why we I all get, nerd about something. I, I get back to, you know, like, you know, DiPietro is taking money from like the Orticelli's and Caputo's yes. and then he's giving it to like right-wing uh religious like churches yeah. in Calaveras County and like Chautauqua County where they don't have as much money as you might have in Erie County and and he's cultivating the spread into these other counties you know but I mean there's nothing to see here besides the fact that it's incredibly illegal for him to be giving political funds to uh churches <laughs> No, Heidi, thank you so much oh, for joining us. All right, uh, go one ahead. More, um, Please. West, Mark Odian at Western New York Media. Um his he is somebody that's really good to follow to, you know, pick up on these details. So that's who I, I have, you know, good conversations with them. Awesome. No, and we had a great conversation with you. And, and again, like, I don't know, we, we do this podcast because we said like, Hey, they're the media in Western New York, the alternative media, alternative press. It, it, it's, it's non-existent, you know, like the folks over again, investigative post do a good job, but you said it like the Buffalo news is carrying water for, just a lot of shitheads around here. And this is this is the kind of stuff that won't necessarily get covered. It won't get the kind of press um, in the outlets that we have available. So that's why we have these kind of conversations here, because it is critical. Like, it is in our daily lives. Like, it is important to know, like, hey, where where is all the money for this fucking shithead coalition coming from right why are they so organized why do they have so much power and i, I think it's worth examining that so thanks for shedding some light on it for us yeah I mean, right because thanks like, for having me yeah, the buffalo news carrying water for like their three favorite developers paladino Sinatra, and jamal yes who are like jamal 
Pardoned by Donald what are, Trump. What are the connections there? <laughs> Pardon, oh, yeah. Pardoned by Trump. Sinatra used to work in the George W. White House. And, and his brother is a federal judge. His brother is a, a, a federal judge and, and Palladino uh, who ran for governor on the white people are angry line. Mad as hell. <laughs> anyway, Heidi, thanks again. You're welcome back anytime. Yep. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah.